Yeah, welcome to Growing Rugby League podcast, uh, sharing different stories of others growing rugby league, um, a part of Strum Rugby League recruitment and connections. Uh, today we have Tim Rumford, um, who's been a huge supporter of myself with Strum Rugby League recruitment uh, for a number of years, being the head of coaching at Cairns Brothers um, and the Leprechauns as a member club for numerous years as well. Um, they're definitely leading the way on and off the field um, and growing rugby league. How are you, mate? Yeah, Luke, I'm very good. Thank you, mate. And thanks for having me on. Uh, re- really excited to uh, to be a part of this podcast. I've, I've listened to a, a good number of your uh, broadcasts now. And I find it really interesting, mate, getting to um, listen to how things are going at other clubs across the land and, and overseas. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's really interesting, mate. You do, you're doing a great job here. Cheers. Yeah, it's just um, yeah, obviously just, you know, um, you promote um, your other avenues for the clubs and, you know, connections out there. Uh, look, I it just started from it by you know I'm sort of catching up with someone at least once a week, um, you know for a coffee, um, you know just footy chat and you know there's that many connections out there, but it's also given another avenue um, for the member clubs and, and affiliates out there for a little bit of added exposure and then the same again everyone has a um, different story. Um, you obviously with like with yourself, I've known you for you know numerous years and then. All these other ones I've had on, on the podcast, but we we, we there's, everyone has a different story and background, so um, it, it's great to share. And everyone's definitely growing rugby league. Yeah, no, it's great. Yep. Um, how, how's the weather up up there? Is it sticking hot at the moment <laughs> in NQ? It, it's getting hot now, mate. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, I'm in uh, shorts and, and and sliders all year round, even in the what they call the winter here. Um, yeah, obviously. I'm, I'm from the north of England, so um, anything over 16 degrees and it's barbecue time for us. <laughs> yeah, at the minute, mate, we're in the low to mid-30s now. We're creeping up. The humidity is coming in and, yeah, uh, yeah, it gets a little bit sticky. But, you know, it's my fourth, I think my fourth summer here now. So I'm, uh, I'm certainly getting getting acclimatised. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love the, um, well, myself personally, I love the heat, especially NQ humidity. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, my family, my miso and, and the kids, they all you know, hate the heat. Um, but I had a player arrive from New Zealand yesterday. Um, and yeah, in Brisbane, it's just starting to get, get hot here and um, he, he's struggling. Um, so, yeah, it's just all about acclimatising. Um, we, we've had a couple of, a few English fellas arrive here in January and February in the last couple of years. And, mate, they've, they've almost got got off the plane and got, I think that some of them <laughs> tried to get back on again, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, great to have you on. Um, yeah, just obviously regarding brothers um, and then yeah, your your background and experience within rugby league world. Um, would you be able to you know, just give a bit, a bit of an in-depth insight into, you know, your footy career leading up to this point? Um, two brothers, um, you know, obviously where were you born, um, your rugby league career and how did you get to Australia? Um, over years and that, please. Yeah, yeah, of course, mate. Yeah, well, from, from the beginning, there obviously I was born in in the north of England in a small town called Pontefract, which just sits in West Yorkshire, which is famous for its uh, licorice of all things. If uh, everybody would have heard of the Pontefract cake, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, that's uh, and then I've lived in lived and brought up born uh, brought and raised in North Yorkshire in a small village called South Milford, where. Uh, this is where the footy comes in. I went to a mm-hmm. primary school there and I had a, a real enthusiastic uh, rugby league uh, a sports teacher there 
uh, by the name of John Keir. And John, yes. John went on to uh, obviously uh, yeah. achieve in rugby league, coached England. And uh, but at that stage in the, I'm going to say early to mid eighties, um, he was a he was a rugby league teacher, John, and, and I was a quite a quite a challenging young young man with lots of energy, let's say. And um, John steered me towards the, the, the great game of rugby league as, as a primary school child and got me involved in playing as a way to expend that energy. Um, certainly his enthusiasm and his uh, his appetite for the game was, was infectious and and, and uh, got me into rugby league, along with obviously my father, who was a big influence. Um, from that, I went into the, 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 the schoolboy game and represented um, York, York schools, North Yorkshire. Which yep. county which I lived in, and, and um, yeah, progressed through really playing uh, amateur footy. Um, again, supported heavily by by your parents, like everybody is taking me across so some far flung places in, in all kinds of weather. Um, um, you know, but it, it was good for me rugby league at that stage. It was exactly what I needed, um, and and it just grew from there. My love for the game. I uh, got to what got, got um, watching Castleford Tigers. Well, there weren't the Tigers then. It was just Castleford Rugby League Club. Yeah. Um, uh, which was John John's uh, club. I got heavily involved in that. I actually met, funnily enough, to digress. I during that time I, I met a guy called Daryl Vanderveld, who was coaching yeah. Castleford. Yeah. You know, and he's a, quite a prominent figure at the Queensland Rugby League now. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's you know how things go around and, and come around is, is quite odd. Um, but yeah, that, then from there I, I got went through the ranks playing, played a bit of. Uh, semi-professional, uh, a lot of amateur rugby league in the National Conference League with Castleford Lock Lane. Um, and then went to play quite a few seasons in my young years at York, which were a championship, yep. championship club. Um, again, some, some good influences there. So, some some people with good stature in the game. I was fortunate to be coached by Lee Crooks. Um, Lee, Lee, was, Lee was good, very interesting as a coach, some, some different methods, sometimes a little bit old school, but, but Generally, a great, great bloke to to learn from what he'd done in the game. Um, yeah. York was struggling at the time, um, but so that that was not sort of my first professional club. Before that, I'd I'd played amateur rugby league uh, as, as a school schoolboy and a junior at a club called Heworth, which was also also in York, um, which was great, a great club, uh, absolutely, uh, really, really a club with a lot of integrity. Some great people there, and uh, you know, for a for a young fellow going through those grades it, it was fantastic for me um yeah after that after that junior and sort of first taste of, of sort of semi-professional rugby league i uh, i went i went and played for the alliance which was the, the a team at castleford um yep which was again really really interesting time i wasn't certainly wasn't the one of the better players i, I was i was a, a trier but well, I, uh, what, what what position were I, you? I played on, on quite a bit on the wing, quite a bit of fullback. I actually played a couple of seasons at Hooker in the academies at York, which which I enjoyed. I, I just enjoyed the, the it was a physical element that first got me into into the game. Yeah. Was I had the whole energy. I actually enjoyed that physicality of the game. I think growing up in a house with a brother and, and a father, it was quite a physical, boisterous household. Mm. Ne never. Never anything sinister. We used to wrestle, you know. We'd, yeah. we'd grapple each other. We'd, we'd be sitting one day watching a, watching something on the TV, and, and the old man would give you a little tap and and try and engage you. And then next thing you'd be rolling around on the floor, <laughs> trying, to, trying to pin each other. You know, typical. Yeah. Just yeah. Uh, my, my mother used to say she was more like a referee than a 
than a parent. You know, she'd come in the she'd come in the lounge room and there'd be my brother and there'd be one of us bleeding or or whatever. The old man would be trying to stop it off. And, yeah. and then you'd sit and you'd calm down and he'd give you a tap again and the whole thing was on again. <laughs> yeah, yeah so that, that physical element was was what probably yeah. probably got me going there and, and and ignited my love for rugby league. So I wasn't really bothered where I played as long as I was in the sort of in the line of fire. It, it suited me really. Um, but yeah, yeah. From there, obviously, got I then got got into coaching. Um, sort of in my early to mid twenties, really, I went and got a development, a schools development officer job over in Halifax. Um, yep. And I, uh, I went. I did a couple of years at that, and and then I was still playing in the the A team at Castleford. Castleford at the time were coached by Stuart Raper, um, who, yep. Yep. who was I used to sneak. Before training, before the, the second team, as it was the eight, eight team, what we used to call it, was training. I'd get in early in there and go and sit in the stand because um, the, the, the Super League team used to train in the sort of mid-afternoon sometimes. And yeah. I'd, I'd be watching the session and, and sort of geeking a little bit. And I never let the other other boys see me doing that because they, mm. they probably would have took the piss a lot of those fellas. But, um, so I just used to sit and watch and take a few notes. And, and I think that's when I really got, got the bug for coaching, watching, yeah. watching, certainly watching Stuart and his assistants and the way they interacted, the way they dealt with the players. It was great. Stuart was great, um, great communicator as well, which, which is really important. Um, mm. I, I took a lot from that and I just sponged a lot in and realised that, you know, I wasn't the biggest, fastest, strongest and probably playing, playing career wasn't, wasn't going to, um, you know, eventuate for me. But so yeah, I looked at that as, a, as an option. And then a job at Castleford came up coaching on their scholarship scheme. Yeah. And, and, and Halifax offered me the same thing because I was doing the, the day job there, but I was always a Castleford uh, Castleford boy, so I went to Castleford, got involved in their pathways. Um, from there, uh, cut a long story short, I, I, I moved my way up through the scholarship scheme, which yeah. the scholarship scheme at the time was, was a great programme. It was for 13 to 16-year-olds. We'd, we'd take the kids, uh, kids from the clubs and a couple of hours a week, we'd give them the... Uh, theory-based sessions on, on lifestyle and, and new nutrition and the important things, and, and do some just basic core skills coaching, mm-hmm. which you know a professional club took the responsibility to sort of backfill the the core skills of these kids, and it, it was a real good scheme. And um, we got some joy out of that. We, we progressed some some real good players that have gone gone to bigger and better things certainly through that. Um, and I really enjoyed that. And then um, it sort of fast forward to about two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. Um, there was an opportunity, the new player performance manager yep. uh, role came into, came into place. And the, the club needed somebody who knew the juniors and, and knew uh, who, you know, which kids could potentially transition into full-time professionals. And, um, yeah, I, I found myself in, in that role, um, which was a full-time role. Uh, and I think I was at that stage, I was only in my very early 30s. Yep. So it was, it, I was probably the youngest youngest uh, player performance manager in, in the Super League in England there. And uh, I learned a lot from that. Um, Terry Madison was the first grade coach at that time. Yeah. And Castleford were in a bit of trouble, mate, at that time as well. They were, they were just hanging on, fighting relegation and, and things were pretty tough. So it made that job, uh, you, you were quite isolated in that job. I learned a lot from that. Obviously, the the, the ethos at the time at the, at the club was not to develop potentially you know develop look at the development of the players and bring these kids through they were just fighting to stay in the comp um yeah so yeah it made that job quite challenging at times but um you know everybody had their job to do and 
and, and surviving in Super League was, was the main thing. So uh, during that time, we did manage to, we did unbelievably manage to, um, you know, push, put, uh, progress some some real good young players. Daryl Clark at the minute was, was one of those yep. boys who was playing for England. It was England, was England hooker in the last test series there. Yeah. So yeah, he's had a good career. Oh, Dazzy was one kid that we picked up at 13. Um, yeah, and I have some there. I went through at Castleford, I worked there for the best part of 15 years. Um, Jeez. really, yeah, on and off with different things with the scholarships, and the and then ended up the last six years that they got they got me back in to, to manage the, the club's foundation and the development programs, which were which which were uh, in, and, in and around that, which was good. Mm. In between all that, I had two years coaching the Super League Academy, in the yep. yeah, as well, which was, was a great experience. Um, that time we we had um, some real good players coming through in England. You know, everything had sort of everything was aligning. We had the, the Burgess twins were, were coming through at Bradford, and um, you know people like Elliot Whitehead running around, and, and John Bateman yep. was, was a young fella running around in the Super League academies, and um, it was it, it was a real good strong competition. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah and then from, from there got, got to sort of 2019, and I was looking around for a change, mate, and I didn't want to go to another club in. In Super League, I was certainly Castleford through and through. I yep. couldn't see myself working in youth development or, or coaching or management at another club. It just didn't really feel right. And this opportunity at, at, in Cairns came up. Yeah, the wife and the kids. Come on, let's let's give it a roll. And uh, and yeah, here we are. Yes, yes. Um, just with um, you know, with England Red League, there, is there many roles similar to what you? Um, done back then is, do you know whether there's many roles like that across other clubs now like developing the players through and um stuff like that or yeah there certainly there are roles mate um, i'll be honest a lot of the roles in in recent years um and this is not a derogatory or trying to be inflammatory but a lot of these roles yep. do seem to go to ex-players yeah yeah don't, don't get me wrong with some of the ex-players and one that sticks out in particular was Michael Shenton, who was a mm-hmm. centre at Castleford and a great leader and the captain. And, and Michael always had a had a, had a real um, insight and, and a, a good approach to junior development. I think Michael yeah. got a job at Hull there, and now he's at, at Wakefield doing some coaching. So some of the ex-players are very, very valid for those roles. Um, some, I think, sometimes clubs just try and um, keep a player in, in the environment because of yep. what they can offer the environment rather than the specific skills or, or background. Um, so, yeah, some of those roles do get do get taken up by, by former players as, as a mechanism to, to keep them at the club. And, yep. and with yep. things like player welfare now, mate, being, being very prominent, it, it's very, very um, – it fits for a lot of clubs to, to keep those ex-players in. Yep. in. Um, but, yeah, so – but there are roles, you know, there's, there's, there's junior youth development roles. There's, every Super League club now has a foundation which – which delivers a uh, England talent pathway program, which which is aimed at uh, a very very similar to the Rice program, um, mm-hmm. which requires staff. The, the big thing, mate, is with the roles is, you know, that the rugby league in in the UK is not resourced uh, as an industry yeah. like it is here in, with the NRL. Yeah, there's no real filter filter down of, of funds um, that, that really helps those roles probably at times become uh, appealing. You know, if somebody's yeah. got a full-time job or working in their own business, and you know, I was pretty fortunate because I built I built myself up over a over a long period of time into a situation where I was earning a decent living out of it, uh, and but working a lot of hours. Um, 
but yeah, for somebody going in at sort of entry level and, and taking that first step into into youth development or pathways coaching in, in the UK, you know, there's a process there of I would say five to ten years before you can really get into a good full time role. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, before we yeah we, we get stuck into with with brothers, your time there, but would, would there is there anything that you would probably change or um, you know keep the same you know, to help um, you know rugby league in the UK you know with your point of view and experience there? One hundred percent, mate. And this is what I try and change people's attitudes towards the international towards the international game. Yep. We talk about funding and drawdown and growing the game. Um, and it's everybody's on every podcast you hear people talking about it. The, the international rugby league is 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 our is is our template for for growing, for growing the game, getting eyeballs on the game, and, and you know getting into different areas and, and turning different people on that have never seen our game before. Uh, mm. if, we, if we get all of international rugby league as, as a, a concept and a product, and, and really apply some yeah, diligence and, and, and some effort. To it, you know that that is, I, I it's scary what what rugby league could do. It's def, definitely the best product. It's the best game. It's the best mm. entertainment sport out there. Yeah, uh, and and I'm sure that it, it's a frustration for any, any genuine rugby league person who wants to see the game grow. That you know what we do with the international game is is at times quite embarrassing. Yeah, um, and we, if we can get hold of that, mate, I'm pretty sure that that's it. It's not an easy yeah. answer. It's not going to. It's not going to um, please everybody, but it's definitely the way for the, the way to grow the game. Yeah, we, we seem like yeah, we're still always shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, yeah, rugby league. Um, yeah, we're always behind the eight ball compared to you know other um, you know sports and organisations and certain things. But you know, hopefully, you know, one day. Um, yeah, some more positive um, yeah, movements, but yeah, with the international game, yeah, everyone, everyone's so pa- well, there's so many passionate people out there, um, and and we just want to see the the game grow. Uh, so yeah, hopefully, yeah, we just keep you know, chipping away, and I don't know whether the uh, you know NRL playing in Las Vegas will help it or not, but you know, just we have to wait and see. But um, yeah, we we'll just see how we go. Yeah, um, we'll with, a bit so, of credit so, there, mate, as well. Just sorry to intervene there, but yep. yeah, NRL, they are trying. You know, that's that's yeah. going to cost the NRL some money. That is going to. Yeah. There's not a lot of money to be made out of that that, that initial uh, attempt there. But I yeah. went to um, see. This is where it's, things do get a little bit bit frustrating at times. I went. I was the first professional or semi professional coach to take a team to Toronto. Uh, when, Jeez. They, they, when Jeez. I coached Oxford there for three years. Uh, in another expansion team. It, yeah, UK. Yeah, we were the first team, first team to go to Toronto, mate, and the enthusiasm and the buzz around the rugby league in in Toronto, which is a huge sporting city, mm. an absolute. Uh, you know, you've got basketball, you've got uh, baseball, you've you know, you've got everything. You've got ice hockey going on. You've got everybody's interested in sport. People love sport. Uh, a collision sport like rugby league was, it was there. It was being lapped up by the people, and it genuinely was. Seven, eight, nine thousand at the games. Yeah, uh, yeah, how they got on there, whether they paid—that's for me. That, that was irrelevant. But the, these people were interested in, in rugby league. At that, that was a pivotal moment. Like the NRL taking the game to Vegas is great, but you know, at that stage, if somebody would have had the insight and, uh, to go in there and, and try and get involved from an NRL perspective, that that, that was a massive missed opportunity for rugby mm. league. And yep. then, obviously, the global pandemic hit in 2019, and that just. That just flattened the thing. The guy who was investing just couldn't sustain that any longer. 
and yeah. that, we definitely missed the game as a whole, whether it be the RFL in, in, in England or the, or the NRL here. That's a missed opportunity that I think the game's got to learn from. Yeah, yeah. No, they're still kicking, or they're trying to build everything back up um, there at the moment. And um, do you know Matty Barron at all? I do know Matty Barron. Yeah, I had a bit of uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I do yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Matty, or we're planning to try and get yeah Matty on. Um, but yeah, he's obviously he's he's over there at the moment, and um, yeah, he's trying to yeah do certain things um, in the women's game and um, with the wolf wolf pack. So um, yeah. hopefully they can steep keep chipping away there because i remember back in the back in the day when i was playing in america um america played or might have been uh, canada and yeah they had like five or seven thousand um yeah, people there at the at the, at the game at the international mm-hmm. test match which was um yeah unreal um for uh emerging nations country at the time yeah yeah i think i think there is a bit of strategy behind this this um the, the latest sort of uh, the, the the Vegas thing, yeah. I think that then I want to get into the into the bet, betting, you know, into the bookmakers yeah. on the books there, where where the, the the USA public can go in and, and have a punt on the on the NRL and might be might be you know get a better understanding of it and then like to bet and then, then that that'll grow the game and obviously the revenue behind that. So I think there is a strategy and hopefully that can yeah. help all those all those people who are working so hard mate, in the in the other places like you said there to, yeah. to try try and grow grow the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of yeah, pros and cons, so yeah, we'll just wait and see, um, yeah, how how it goes. Um, so 2009, you, you arrived um in, in Cairns. Um, obviously the weather was a big shock for you at the time. Did you go straight into like head of coaching role, or was it a different role? Or yeah, 2019, mate. When I got here, it was it was uh, just just six months before the pandemic hit, and it, yeah, I went. Yep. Obviously, the weather was hot. It was it was the middle of uh, winter. Luckily, winter. There was people walking around. We calling it winter. And it was 20, 25 degrees and um, 26 degrees. It didn't get didn't get colder than fourteen degrees. And I was walking down the street in, in my shorts and a, and, a, and a singlet. All the neighbours are walking past me in in big coats. You know, I'm thinking, thinking, what was this for? <laughs> um, yeah, I got here 2019, middle of the year. Um, uh, the initial, the, the original job description was football club manager. Yeah. Um, but I did the first few months. I did did a review. Of the club there and worked with the directors and, and the committee members and quickly established that um the, the, there were some priorities for the club and um, one of them was certainly the the, the football delivery the, the, the on-field and, and off-field uh, coaching and, and you know some some key culture elements that, that needed needed not rectifying but just you know tweaking a little bit and needed some attention yeah um, we had some good you know we've had some real good committee people and a supportive board of directors and our leagues club so uh we're, we're very supportive administratively of the of the whole football operation which which helps you to be able mm. to focus on those on-field things so yeah that, that's when sort of the role changed to the head of coaching we, we made some significant changes around our senior club certainly the operation of the of, of where we were at you know we're, we're brothers cairns here is a is a big organization um and being a mid table uh club for for you know that that period and just maybe scraping the finals for a couple of years and yep. it was really not not punching its weight at that, at that time um yeah and so yeah so that was a that was indicative that some some things need to change so yeah we, we set about that and we had a, a lot of collaboration with the directors and, and the committee and got a lot of backing and we changed a few things brought a, 
brought a young captain coach in uh, in Jordan Beyond the Order, who's, who's you know really really put his mind to it. And very good attacking coach, plays the game at, at this tier three level. How I believe how it how it should be played. You know, expansive yeah. style of football when we get in the right places. We we we, 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 and we, we recruited our our players around that sort of style as well, which helps. And that's filtered down to the whole club now. You know, that's we mm. did the. With what we try to do with our coaching program and, and things, you know, we got uh, almost a, we're getting not a uniform style of play, but a brother style of play that's filtering through the club, which which all our our kids and our coaches now are on on board with. Um, that's good. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's really really good for us. And um, there's a lot of work to be done still here. Um, certainly in terms of our our prominence in the community as an organisation and what 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 we can do. Um, mm-hmm. The, you know the Leeds club board of directors are very very supportive, and the Leeds club's absolutely uh, very successful. It's one of the most successful Leeds clubs in, in North Queensland. Yeah. Uh, so within that, 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 we have some responsibility to to furnish rugby league and to yep. and, and, you know get, maintain and and promote promote the game and give give people as many opportunities as we can to to progress through it. Yeah. Yeah. Now you, you you're leading the way, and um, you know is, is it. A great example for you know other clubs to learn, and that um, offers what he what he is doing on and off the field, and in the whole club organisation. Um, you know some clubs in touch, and then that I've been a part of. You know you just got to have you know that relationship. Um, you know from from the the top, um, yeah, as as a whole and with the committee, and um, you know with your leagues club, and um, end of the day, it all comes from um, you know the top. Um, and you know, and then also with the players as well, understanding, you know, the, the leagues club, um, you know, they're the ones that that are helping the players, and that's how the whole club can progress on and off the field and that as well. Um, and then also the, with 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 yourself, um, yeah, having that role um, here for you, so um, it just helps helps the club um, in 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 other areas, um, help help them progress. Um, how many how many uh, teams are there um, with the, the juniors and seniors and that? Oh yeah, we, well we've got grades mate right through from under sixes, obviously right through to A grade. Um, yeah, up here and, and every grade between under six and under twelves has, has two teams. So, so we've got like we've got fourteen teams there between under six and under twelves. Um, yeah, and then we have the competitive um, grades there from thirteens. Which will now go up to under 17s because the local league here have installed an under 17s competition to try and match up with uh, the state cup. Yeah, uh, yeah. But that again, I, I could talk about that a little bit. There's pros, <laughs> there's pros and cons for doing that, and some different areas have gone with a different thing. But yeah, in yeah. total, mate, we've got we've got 15 grades um, up to our A grade with under 17s, 19s, reserve grade, and, and A grade. Uh, and within that, there's, I think there's 22 teams. Yeah. Uh, within that, now that's obviously a, it's a big operation, really, for a regional area. Um, and the, the requirement on the volunteers and the staff, and they're just getting bigger and bigger each year. Um, mm. So our club's in a real good good spot. Um, but yeah, getting those people in in the key positions to to, to deliver what what we need in, in the way we need it is is always a always a challenge. But there are some there's some great people here with. With, um, with a good, you know, a good grounding in the game, and and really want to be involved for the right reasons, so that that's certainly helpful. Yeah, a bit yeah. of bit of interest on, on a bit of something that 
with, with our club, how it's slightly different to to a lot of clubs is our football club, our senior football club here back in back in the day, actually yep. built our league club. So our, oh, right. constitutionally, it's quite a unique scenario where the, 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 we are integrally a football club from the yep. from the top from the league club down right to the juniors. You know, it's a it's one football organisation that. Yeah, there's some very, very insightful, very, very, very smart people. Who was a couple of them are still around. Well, more than a couple of them are still around. Who, who, who built, who acquired a property down the road from our football ground, literally a kilometre away. It was a small house. Yeah, um, I think they were the first or the second then uh, sporting organisation to get uh, poker machine licences. Yep. So yep. again, the timing of the thing and and how astute some of these some of these people were, you know, and that. That grew and grew and grew from a small house to a to a really big leagues club. Now we've actually got two leagues clubs, one at the other side of town mm-hmm. as well. Um, and 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 the, and the full um, mission of, of the, the organisation is to is to develop and grow and support and promote rugby league through through the through that revenue. You know, there's no there's nobody no directors that are taking um, any dividends or any, mm-hmm. any kind of money out. Nobody's buying race horses or building. <laughs> you know. Property portfolios, yeah. it all goes back in the community. All the profit and predominantly goes back into rugby league. Yeah, it, nice. it, it really makes it um, fulfilling, you know, in some ways. I know that sounds mm. corny or romantic, but it makes it fulfilling that, that, that you're part of such an organisation and and you're carrying on that. What you know, what those people all those years ago have, have put into place, and, and you're continuing with the mission. Uh, mm. Rugby league's the the driver of that. Um, you know, within that now, the board have been and the lease club have been real supportive of us. We've started all abilities teams up. We've got an engagement Jeez. program. We've got full time engagement officers going out into schools. Again, wow. you know, we we really not just on the field, but we, we're really trying to, you know, embrace embrace the game and push the game forward up here from from all angles, really. Yeah, no, that's well done. And this is another thing as well that I promote. You know, get you off field right and on field to play its part and. Um, you, you, you're proving proving it up up there um, at at the moment and for the future. Um, so when's uh, preseason start? Um, four years. Have you got any um your new signings and how's the season looking ahead? Yeah, mate, we're we're looking to start preseason probably the second week in in, in January. Realistically, yep. we give our boys a bit more time. But I mean, Jordan and, and his his A grade boys they're probably coming a little bit early. We've got a gym here, so we'll get some yep. boys in before Christmas doing. It, we, that's part of the, you know, the standards that we've got there. The, the boys will get in early and get themselves ready for pre-season. Um, mm-hmm. And our season here doesn't start well, sort of mid mid March. And then yeah. we, we we've sort of plotted and planned a little bit um, with our S and C S and C guy that, who comes in and helps us. That we have two rounds and we have Easter, mm-hmm. uh, so there's a week off straight away after two games. So that that comes into the planning of your pre-season. Um, what, what we can do there. So yeah, we'll. Have, Probably a 10, 10, 11 week pre-season there, um, which uh, will work for us. Our, our season didn't finish well, sort of the mid mid September, because we were thankfully successful and we won the yeah won the grand final. We went back to back twenty two and twenty three with the with our A grade, so that, that's real good. So give those blocks a bit of time off and, and get them back in firing as a group. Yeah, mid January, and then we're going to have some uh, trial games. We, we have a trial as the premiers. We'll, we'll get to play the Northern Pride. Yep. Um, in probably mid February. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, good, we've got to come up with a good concept. I spoke with Eric Smith, who's the new, new coach. Yeah. 
they're bringing the Blackhawks up here to, to play a, a trial. So we're going to get involved in that. We're going to have a half a game against the Pride's training trial boys and 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 their um, you know fringe players, and then we're going to have half a game against the Blackhawks training trial and, and fringe. Nice. So get the get the local league team involved in, in uh, the Blackhawks and the uh, the Pride there. That'll be good. Yeah. Then we have a trip down to Townsville, which is interesting. We usually go down there week before the start of our season and we have a game against the Townsville brothers. So yep. the Battle of the Brethren down yeah. there. They came up here last year, so we'll go down there. It's a weekend away for the boys. Um always always attractive that uh, and the club put that on for us, which is which is great. Um yeah. look after the boys, transport, travel, accommodation and we have a we have a good game and then we have a bit of a night out and that, that bonds the boys a little bit before the start of the season. Yeah. Um, so that's the pre season planning, a lot of hard work in between that obviously. Um, but yeah, in, in regards to new new signings, we, we're pretty happy. Really, we're always on the lookout for for players who can come and add add things add things to to our club. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I was, you know, just had in a conversation with a former NRL player who played in Super League, and he's just he's just actually gone elsewhere down into Mackay. But we, we were speaking to him um, as well. But uh, you know, he's played 150 odd games in, in the NRL, and he, he was looking. He was somebody who we thought we could add to our coaching and our, uh, you know, the things we do here. So there's always opportunities there that um, that we can bring somebody in because we've got the yep. resources with the league club are always open to, but it's got to be on the right basis. You know, it's got to be the, somebody who can add to our community delivery, somebody who can add to our juniors and somebody yep. who, can, uh, who can bring that experience and share it with, with, with everybody across the club, really. So we, we are looking for the right right person if that pops up, but generally, you know, we've got some some great players. Jordy, Jordan Beyond Diodo as a, as a halfback's probably one of the best organisers in, in in local competitions anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a good, great kicking games, he's got a good head on his shoulders. He marshals the team around really well. People like Patrick Lewis, who, who's, who's been around the club for a long time, who plays in our halves, who, who's really grown an extra leg this last couple of years. Paddy's been excellent for us. Um, you know, and and we've got a couple of Joey, big Joey Ratu, the, the Fijian internationals back. He's looking very fit. He's signed with us. A bit, bit top there. He's going to do a pre-season with with Northern Pride. Um, yep. See a little bit of him. You know, in recent years, we brought Dan Hindmarsh over from the UK, who was a London Broncos product, who spent a season with us, and he's gone through and played a full season with Northern Pride last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we you know we might or might not see a bit of him this year. So we've definitely got some qualities drifting in and out of our team, and and some of our mainstays, some of our core local league players are, uh, you know, very good players. We're, we're pretty confident we can we can have a push for that Premiership again. Yeah, no. Good luck to you. Is, is Burgess still running around next next season? Or uh, yeah, big, big George, mate. He's he's did a really great good job for us last year. He came in that 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 came around uh, a little bit left field. I was talking to a few people back back home in the UK there in twenty two during the World Cup, and yep. George's name came up. So when I got back to Australia, I made a bit of contact with him. Quite light hearted. Um, obviously, we got mutual connections and people who we knew from yeah. from, from England, been from Yorkshire. Um, I got talking to George. I said, look, mate, if you fancy a few months up in the in the tropics <laughs> in the winter, come up, mate, and have a, have a run around with us. We'll put something together, and we did. And it, it just flew from there. George came in, mate, and did a great job. I can't speak highly enough of the fella. He yeah. went out in our community. He worked with our juniors. He, he 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 passed things on to our coaches, which were completely relevant because he's it's not that long ago since he played at the top level. Mm. He, he was a great resource for us, was George, and obviously on the field he made a. Made a big impact, but yeah. And um, George has got a, a, another opportunity working in uh, real estate 
investment type space with his brother Luke. Yep. And he's, yep. by all intents and purposes, by the sounds of it, he's, he's absolutely killing it and enjoying it. And he's back around his family down there as well. So that's working. But yeah, if George gets itchy feet, wants to come back next year, then he, he knows he's more than welcome. Yeah. Um, We've also had Josh Dugan and Ben Barber last year playing in the yeah. competition here, you know, so really added, those blokes added a lot of interest to the comp. Uh, 100%. Uh, it was you know, great, it got you know, great exposure, um, you know, having, having them playing up there. Um, you know, just during my time, you know, when I was playing it in Mackay, um, yeah, that, that Cam's comp, um, especially um, before Northern Pride come in, um, yeah, the competition was just that super strong, um, really, really strong and that Foley Shield with, you know, Cairns, Townsville, Mackay. Um, it was some really, really good, real good football footy um, at the time, especially when there was no Queensland Cup um, up up then up there at the time where, you know, the the, the standard was really, really strong. Um, so how many teams are in the comp there? It's, it's one, it's one of the biggest in Queensland. Yeah, there's 11 teams in the comp here. Yeah. Which, again, it, it, it's a challenge. And it's certainly yeah. a challenge within that when, when we're talking about running under 17s and under 19s. Yeah. Teams now, that, that, that's, you know, these kids are getting dragged all over as well. You know, schoolboy, schoolboy. Yeah. That's probably one thing that if we could change, you know, when you said about is there anything you'd change, probably on a smaller scale up here, we'd, we'd try and get the QRL and the clubs and the schools together a little bit more. And again, yeah. singing off the same in sheet in terms of the demands they put on these these young fellas. Oh, 100%. You know, well, that, that, that's, well, more, yeah, myself as well. I'd, yeah, that's uh, Australia, Australia wide. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. Look, some of these kids that I'm training with my one on ones, um, you know, they come to me yeah for extras and one on ones trainings. But then again, they got school football and they're telling me what they're doing with school training and school this and that. And then they got rep football on top of it, and then club football on top of it. And um, yeah, it's it, it it's I can sort of understand where what so many kids get burnt out. Oh, um, if, if I think if you got these kids to put a diary together, which is something we've done in the past, and mm-hmm. I'm exactly and let, let, let them be honest about how much physical activity they're doing uh, in terms of the rugby league and, and showed it to a sports scientist or a, or, or a high-level strength and conditioner that the bloke could fall off his chair. You know, yeah. The stuff there, the kids can't eat enough, get enough nutrition just, just to grow and, and develop uh, into their own bodies as they should be. And, we're just some of these kids are just getting absolutely, you know, flogged. Um, mm. And it's not everybody wants a piece of them, which I understand. But you know, surely there's a way we can get together and, and map it out a little bit better. Where you know we've got Cyril Connell Cup, we've got Malmaninga, we've got schools going off to different schools competitions, and uh, you know we've got local league game. It all happens at the same time. Yeah, and, you know we can't. It's got some says it's got to be an athlete first uh, approach to this. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, so, ha, ha, what's your personal um and and club club goals um you know for, for next season and and onwards and that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, first up, the, the, my personal and, and club goals are pretty much aligned for the for the you know immediate future. We've got a big um, redevelopment about to happen at, at yep. our football ground. We've got hopefully got some funding coming from the state government to uh, to support that and. It, Potentially, is a fifteen million dollar redevelopment of our football facility, uh, the grandstand, and, and we're looking at NRL standard changing facilities and gym and and, and ice baths and, and treatment rooms and things like that in there as well. Wow! Which hopefully, you know, we've got a vision there that would support sort of country round or 
Mm-hmm. Training venue for who knows what might happen up here. Um, yeah, well, big big talk about the Pacifica PNG and yeah. where they're going to be based. But we're, we're trying to get ourselves in a in a position where where, where whatever comes along that that we've got an opportunity to 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 harness that. You know, whether it be more schoolboys competitions with um, things like the Confraternity Shield that, that's knocking around, which is which is a big thing. Um, yeah, or, you know whether we we look at uh, some state cup games up here or, or, or you know announcing our club with a with a good a real good strong female offer is is the next thing you know and having that mm-hmm. facility gives gives those girls and, and and women the best possible you know start really where we want them to have their own little things we want them to have their own changing area their own yep. their own space you know make, make sure if we deliver a, a the women's game here that it's done properly with with the full amount of respect that, that those those female athletes deserve as well so yeah, yeah. That, that's going to open things up for us and that's going to make things a lot busier and, and you know we have a lot of school boys games at our facility we have a lot of community activity there and we can we can grow that and develop that and, and rather than just you know we've come a long way to just from being like a bunch of teams to, to mm-hmm. actually being a club you know there's a difference between being being a club which is not not all giving but you know encompassing uh, uh, than just being Twenty teams that, that run out on the field, so yeah, that that's my aim is, is to really really further develop that community side of the yeah. of, of the club and and obviously continue the on field success with with getting the right people in the right positions and helping helping these coaches and, and members of staff develop through our club. Mm. Um, winning winning the premierships is is what I always say to our junior coaches is a byproduct of, of all the yeah. other things that we do here. Um, and that's that's coming to fruition now. But you know, also progressing players through our club and, and into the next level, whether it be state cup or NRL, is, yeah. is a massive goal for us. And it's very rewarding to see. You know, we had a young fellow, Robert Robert Derby, who's who's yeah. been, been to the cow when when I first arrived. He was just getting a, his first taste of A grade. We had to we had to um, contact his parents, you know, to, to allow him to have a few games in the A grade, just to get him playing against against men. He was one of our yeah. juniors. Um, a few others. We just had a young fella, Caleb Eaton, who's gone yep. through our club and signed for the Bulldogs, which is yep. again really good. So those things are all part of the part of the bigger picture and part of our ambitions um, as a club to to keep producing. Um, myself, you know, I want to. I've got a job. I feel like I've got a job here that, with the redevelopment and the way we're going, that, that I've got a bit bit to do before it's before the job's sort of done. Yeah. Um, when that is done, I'll probably sit back and reflect and. You know, my, my ambition has never changed. I want to operate, whether it be coaching or management, at, at the very highest level possible. But I've, since I've come here, I've got stuck into these different projects, and I'm, it's, it's it's yeah, it's it's a labour that I want to I want to I want to finish. I just want to mm. disappear halfway through something. I want to I want to finish the job here. So yeah, that might take another period of time. And yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll look, look at after that. But yeah, I think I'll get a sense of achievement out of out of what what can be what what we can fulfil here. Yep, yep. Now, like I said, you, you, you're leading the way um, on, on and off the field um, and just that whole club mentality and um, you know, the, the end goals and, and progression and pathways. Um, so, yeah, I'll just a quick shout-out to um, yeah, one of the podcast sponsors, MSC Concrete Constructions. Um, they're one of the, the podcasts of this growing rugby league, um, mscconcrete.com.au, projects across... Southeast Queensland, Central Queensland, and a strong focus on the sunny coast region. 
Uh, if there's any sponsors or um, anyone out there interested to, to partner up or um, yeah, get that exposure out on the podcast and across Rama Rugby League brand, um, you don't hesitate to touch base. Um, and also there's the growingrugbyleague.com uh, website now. You can catch it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and the Instagram page. Um, is there anything else you want to say or add? Oh, mate, yeah, just th- thanks to you uh, and Strama Rugby League recruitment, mate. You, the thing I've dealt with you now well, for a number of years, um, but since certainly I've been in Australia, you've been more than helpful with facilitating some of our, our boys that have come over from the UK, you know, and, and, and also we've we've just had a, a young fella as well who's got himself uh, teed up with a League One club in, in, in the UK. Who's, again, mate, thanks for your, your legwork, you know, the stuff that you do. Um, it, a lot of it perhaps goes unnoticed. It's not the... And there'll be no disrespect. It's not the it's not the glitz and glamour end of the of the, of the rugby league representation. You know, you're not. It's not probably as, as fruitful as as you probably deserve, mate. To be fair, because the work that you do for these these young fellas and these community based players, getting them getting them sorted out, is, is fantastic. And, it, and what you've done with us at Brothers, and hopefully what what we'll continue to do in the partnership, is is very very much appreciated, mate. Yeah. No, you're. you're- you're a legend, and um, yeah, like I said, it's the whole brothers brand, and um, yeah, you, you're leading the way up there, and and in uh, yeah, rugby league world, um, you you've been a member club for a number of years now, and um, yeah, nearly every club in um, yeah, the far north Queensland, Cairns Comp, have, have, are currently members or previously members, and that over the time, so. Um, there's definitely passionate people up there um, that want to you know, grow rugby league, and I appreciate that for all the support. Uh, but yeah, thank you for your, your time. Um, yes, it's, it is crazy season uh, behind <laughs> behind the scenes within rugby league world. Um, like um, I'm sure you know, you'd be busy at the moment, just like with myself. But yeah, grateful um, yeah, finally to, to touch base. Um, but yeah, keep growing rugby league, um, and good luck for um, next season, mate. Yeah, you too, mate. Thanks very much. R- really appreciate it. And any players want to want to try it, you know, it's a great place to come, regardless whether it's our club or one of the other clubs in, in, in this region. It's a great place for, for a, a player who's got any ambition or just wants to try something different. You know, it's, it's, it's a great experience up here. 100%. You're a good man. Thank you, mate. Catch up. Thanks, Luke.